been a while since we spoke about the actual business business because uh, the UK is just full of immigration talk at the moment. So mm. it'd be nice to talk about how we set up our recruitment business, what made us set it up quickly, and the kind of things that we thought about from the get-go. The funny thing is when we set up the business, half of these things we're talking about, we didn't know, we just knew the word, and we actually so much research, and it's really mind-boggling. So I'm hoping that from today's episode, we can just reminisce about what we did and things for people to think about when they're setting up like a recruitment company. Yeah, you said uh, we did lots of research and reading and looking up on the internet and stuff. That was fun. We can. Th- it wasn't fun back then. We were looking at <laughs> all the information. But now, because we understand and know the rules and processes uh, of those things that we actually uh, needed to know at the time, now we are kind of experts in those things, right? And but that's that's fun now. Yeah, there's, there's certain things we do know, but then every day there's something mm-hmm. that comes out or a couple of months later we have a, someone behind, on our case saying, you haven't done this. And mm-hmm. we're like, oh, we never knew we had to do that. Yeah. So as a new business, you've got like, people like HMRC and pension con- like compliance teams and you know proper regulated companies that ask, why haven't you set this up? Why haven't mm-hmm. you done this? That gives you the bit of a push to make sure that, oh my God, we are supposed to do this because we're trying to be as compliant as possible. But it's very hard with... As a new business, we not as a new business. If it was already set up or from a multi-million pound background, it's not a big deal. But mm. we're just it's just the two of us trying to set up, yeah. and a lot of people are like that, just trying to set up either on their own or in partnership with someone. So we set it up as a husband and wife this business because we thought our main focus was setting up something that potentially could be good for the kids and for us to spend time with the kids. Yeah, so we never um, set up with family or friends. Even though we could have had opportunities, you could have had opportunities with your friends. Mm. I could have had it with family stuff because the relationship wouldn't work. People would kind of do you over regardless, even family members, and it will break down and we don't ha- we're not got the same vision. Mm-hmm. So since we've set up together, I think it has been the best choice because we can work what we want around our time and we're together to learn as well yeah. i think luckily we were on the we've always been on the same page with yeah. uh, certain things like you know moving to a certain area certain yeah. country or whatever we always uh, one of us just suggests something and then the other person does the research as well and then we try it and see if it works out better for us That's or not it. so yeah the, it was the same with uh, starting a business as well i was i'm I'm from an IT background. I was working full-time in IT. Yeah. That's what I studied at uni as well. And then I started working in IT for a few... I was in IT for nearly what, about 10 years. Yeah. And then um, it was going well. I was on a decent uh, salary as well. It was okay. We, we, were, happy. Dramas, uh, we were happy. We were happy. United working before we had kids, right? Cross we to the house. Going to gyms every day yeah. <laughs> and uh, going on holidays yeah. and uh, enjoying the time. I think before kids, we both used to leave the house at the same time and come back at the same time. So it wasn't a big de- big deal. But now it's very hard with the kids. Yeah. But when we set up this business, this is not the first business we set up. Mm. I know you tried a couple of things um, and you just didn't move forward it's until we turned around and said, right, we need to... F- find something else so I know you tried your websites and stuff yeah because I was in IT I wanted a a bit of a few side hustles going on just to get some uh, uh, extra income and we tried a few like freelance development and all that web development and uh, it got a few few clients made a few websites but uh, it it wasn't as uh, 
going as well as I expected. Because it's only you on your own. Like exactly. And I can't blame anybody really, you know, like I wasn't the best salesperson <laughs> myself either. So, so I didn't know how to even sell things. Well, the I frustrating was just, thing I was, a programmer. was that you were making these websites for people without taking a deposit and stuff. And then mm. they, when you set it up for them, they wouldn't pay out. So then you had to shut it all down. You spent all that time. So you learned a lesson there to always take a deposit beforehand. I didn't know how dodgy yeah. and cunning people could be. I kept telling you, right? so yeah. it's good that sometimes you have to learn that. So, um, and then you done some like, you know, we had some t-shirts and stuff that we used to sell, yeah. um, you know, from manufacturers and stuff. Um, but it wasn't making us great, great money because it wasn't that own, it wasn't like, like Gymshark or Nike or something like that, like, you know, our own brand yeah. that was going forward. So it wasn't like, it was just making enough money for the side. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then he did start YouTube and that was all right. That's that's going all right still and it's continuing. Yeah. But we wanted something more that we can actually leave our jobs and be self-employed without realizing we're self-employed because yeah. sometimes it doesn't feel like we are. We only started thinking like that since we had kids because we wanted to spend more time with the kids, yeah. right? Go away with the kids, not depending on um, the time off that we can get from work. Uh, we, we want to be able to work whenever we want That's and it. not work whenever we want. I think what made us go into the recruitment industry is because I, I kept getting headhunted for setting up care homes for people, doing compliance for people, doing HR. So I was getting work without trying. So we thought, okay, I'm getting this work anyway, so should, why, why don't we just set up in it? And when we set up in it, it was fortunate enough for one of... Uh, my contacts to give us some work in it um, but we wanted to make sure this was legit we had the mindset from the get-go if we make this legit sign it all up properly we'll make it work I think that's the difference like if you're going to set up a business and you're thinking oh I'm just going to do a little side hustle on the side and don't set it up with company house or like setting up an office or anything I think you can probably slack off a bit mm -hmm. so we, we went from the get-go so the first thing we did was choose a name yeah. back then because we need to choose a name and we knew that we had to get registered I think everybody in the UK knows you have to register your name um, you don't need to but we wanted to make sure that nobody else takes that yeah. um, we did come out with Samara's Healthcare and Education back then mm -hmm. because that was one of the businesses first wasn't it like that we was going to do education with you were a qualified trainer yourself yeah I was a qualified trainer so I was going to do the training side and you was going to do you had loads of links with international people that wanted to come to the UK to yeah. study yeah. so he's going to make links with the universities the legit links and help that but the quota that you had to meet for that was ridiculous like it didn't make sense and I don't want to go around doing that side too much so we thought you know what we, we thought about it and the people that came to us we just weren't convinced with their what kind of work they had hmm. so we kind of closed that one down tomorrow's healthcare and education and tomorrow's recruitment that's still Touchwood going. Mm -hmm. I think Smiles Healthcare Recruitment Limited. Um, the name, I think, you know, because it's our surname, half of our surname, I think back then it was okay, but think about it now, I should have had it more... More UK? UK more based, yeah. UK based, yeah. Because, it, you know, like a lot of companies have it like more UK words and stuff, so I think that's our only mistake that I feel like we've got there because no one knows what... Smarters is, but it means something to us, but it doesn't mean something to someone else. But the word is getting around. Like people don't say, "Oh, I work for Smarters Healthcare Recruitment Limited." They just yeah. say, "I work for Smarters." Yeah. So they've already tied it down. And in certain areas, people do know our agency, but we are still very small. Um, mm -hmm. The good thing is when clients look at us, we are registered on Company House, so they can see 
if we're registering our accounts if we're doing it all properly are we compliant and stuff so the first thing you should do is definitely register with company house once you've got your once you've got your name sorted and if yeah. you change your mind later you can just mm -hmm. change it that's what we did yeah and also because we didn't want to operate from a actual physical office yeah we didn't have a, a physical address no and we didn't want to use our home address either no because people would be rocking up at our door <laughs> well yeah but we it's got nothing to do with where mm. we live anyway so even though we work from home we didn't want to use our uh, home address on on uh, in pub uh, no we don't want uh, to publicly especially so, when we've got kids we don't want people to know where we live and stuff yeah, so because it's got nothing to do with the actual business yeah. we're in. yeah that's it so we used a uh, virtual address Right. Best there are lots of companies that provide you with virtual addresses, uh, mail services, um, virtual offices, even physical offices if you really want yeah. to. Yeah. Mailing, so there, there are different services. packages. Yeah. Um, they can either mail out your post to you or send it to you. They can even have phone lines for you, so they can answer the calls for you. So there's a different types of packages with whatever company you want. Um, as a new business, we did start off with just a virtual address, um, and we are progressing into the area we need, but a lot of people do work from home like we still work from home as well but we do have an office as well because it depends on where you want to be um but i think you shouldn't be spending money on an office if you can work from home do it from home yeah. if it's just yourselves the reason why we're gonna have an office is because if you've got staff we don't want the staff to come to our home really mm. so that's the only thing and um so check if you need a virtual address and now like if you're setting up a recruitment agency before you People used to come in and do interviews. Mm -hmm. Now you can do it all on online, so it's not a yeah. big deal having a virtual office. Yeah, but um, if you have, if you're happy to use your own address, or if you have an office or yeah. whatever, if you if you have the address already, you don't need to pay for these no. uh, virtual offices. It only costs you about twelve pounds or something to yeah. register a, uh, uh, the business on the company's house website. And go on the company's house website, where well, it's still gov.uk website, yeah. um, and then go to the company's house section as a register option. Click on it and you put your details, you know, um, and then pay the £12 or whatever that you're charging, and that's it, you're that's registered. It. But the good thing is, if you do work from home um, and you've got it all set up properly, you can claim some percentage of your home towards your costing as well. So if you're paying yeah. for electric gas if you're using a room you know certain things furniture and stuff you can put it through the business as well so that's a good way of offsetting it mm -hmm. to ensure that you are legit like if if hmrc walked in tomorrow and said right you're, you're using your home let me see we have actually got a couple of rooms set up for the home like for our studios for our office um so it, it makes sense um so so remember that you can do that Another thing is good to do is to have your money separate from your personal. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have a business bank account that is separate. You can have one of these online banking ones. You don't need to have a physical branch, a bank, or you can have... Um, uh, if you want to have your own personal account, just keep it separate because when it comes to doing your self-employment taxes or corporate, like, you know, your business taxes, yeah, it's best to separate it. So we set up a um, joint limited company. We made it a limited company because we wanted it from the get-go. So we're not actually classed as self-employed. We're classed as a limited company. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. It took ages to set up. That was mm -hmm. very hard to set up because we set up in COVID mm. and a lot of banks were not allowing two people to set up. I don't know why. It was only allowing it to be one of you. 
but we find a bank that is like because when you find a bank as well don't go for something that is regulated so if you lose your money it's still protected don't go for a bank that does not protect your money at all if it goes bust or something so we found one that's stamped sealed that allows you to like it's protected by the fca and everything so make sure it is a regulated company not a dodgy somebody set up and yeah. we found one that was perfect for us and it's still working for us perfectly to this day mm -hmm. and they're growing more and more as a business as well so yeah so it's best to get your business account separate a mm -hmm. um, good thing with the business account you can label it all as well your expenses yeah. And you can offset it with payroll equipment as well. Yeah, it's all uh, linked to the payroll software. We'll talk about it in a bit, like, you know, the software that we use. We're not going to mention the names because we don't want to promote any yeah, particular brand names, one. but unless they pay us, but they're not paying us. So, <laughs> you know, right. uh, uh, so anyway, um, so yeah, you can link your software, payroll software, your accounting software, anything with your bank accounts yeah. as well. So all your expenditures will automatically be registered in your accounting software. Absolutely. Which, is, which saves you a lot of time, even even if you're doing your own accounting or if you have an accountant who does that for you, it's going to save a lot of time for you and your accountant as well yeah. when it's all uh, linked like that. That's it. You know, you might try out a payroll system. Just... Before you choose a payroll system with anything, before you choose it, you see the fees of it and do a comparison of what they're offering and how much it is. And also the the main thing is the get out clause. Is it a two year thing? Is it 18 months or is it a rolling contract thing? Because that's where you can get it. Because if you're especially signing up to something for two years, you might not know if your business is going to succeed for two years to pay that or you might find something better. Yeah. So try and always look at the, re like, you know, the contracts mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. And uh, another thing we did, um, as soon as we registered our company yeah. with Companies House, we registered for VAT as well. We did our VAT registration almost straight away. Yeah. We did some research, then we did not really know anything about VAT. We, yeah. we only knew it's a 20% thing that we all pay. That's all yeah, we need, 20%, right? Yeah. Yes. But then we needed to work out whether we should register for VAT and if we should, what benefits it's going to... Uh, yeah. Uh, give us or not so anyway we decided to register for VAT yeah right? after a lot of conversations with people that were had businesses uh, on research we did decide to do it I didn't see why we shouldn't because a lot of people when I used to do consultancy work for them they're like no we're not VAT registered no 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 we're not registered and I was thinking but when I, when I was setting up our own I was thinking I don't know why there would it be yeah it might be a the best best option for them but, yeah, but I, I don't us. understand why but anyway uh, for us the, be the best option was to register for VAT. The the law is if you if your turnover is eighty five thousand or if it's going to be at least eighty five thousand within the next thirty days, yeah. then you have to register for VAT. Yeah, you have to, or you can register for VAT voluntarily if yeah. you want to. Yeah, okay? the good thing is it gives you something to look forward to. Like you know, you, you want to hit yeah. that target. If you hit that target, that means yeah. you're earning. Yeah. So when we first started the business, we weren't hitting eighty five thousand. Uh, but we decided to register for VAT. One benefit of registering for VAT was the very first VAT return that you submit, you can claim your VAT back for the for all the expenditures related to the business within the last four years. Yeah, I think consultancy work was six months, but business expenses, as long as you got the receipts and proved that yeah. it was for the business, like I brought policies and procedures, 
um, for when I set up the care homes and everything. We brought equipment, you know, the computers and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so because we, we were doing uh, social media as well. We yeah, had we, all these cameras and everything we bought within the last, th- within the four years uh, before we actually registered the business. Well, the, the good thing is that the HMRC and everybody, they know that people are going to set up a self-employed first, see if it works. If yeah. it does, then they're going to register it. You've mm-hmm. got step by step. So that's why I think they give you these four-year time yeah. as a consultant they only give six months because if you dig it too long t- you should be mm-hmm. you should be charging if you got some work coming in yeah. um so that was a really good mm-hmm. thing Absolutely. that we done yeah we are paying laws it feels like we're paying lots out now it really hurts when we're paying out but if we look at how much we would have paid on it anyway if we weren't that registered how much we save we save quite a lot so i'm yeah. quite happy with that um yeah. Next thing we did was uh, we signed up to the apprenticeship. Now in England, you can sign up to something that's helps you with funding mm-hmm. for apprenticeship. So if you've got your HMRC all set up and everything, everything's interlinked anyway. So it links into your payroll and your government gateway account because you need a government gateway account for your VAT and your corporation tax and everything. We set up an apprenticeship company that was very very hard mm. to do, but that gives us the freedom to if we hire an apprentice. On one of these schemes, they will give us funding to allow us to help them as well. So, really good idea if you are in England to set up to that. I don't know about Scotland yet because I know they do SVQs, but they don't really do much funding out here. But England, they definitely do. So, regardless if you're going to use it or not, it's really good to set it up from the get-go so you have the opportunity of either doing it yourself or if they're transferring to you, hmm. like an apprenticeship, someone on an apprentice might transfer to you. Um, to learn more from you and then you can just do a transfer online and you'll get the reminder of the funding as well so it's a good way of your business earning some money you signed up to the apprenticeship when we first started our business yeah to learn your recruitment and yeah. you know you got and paid for it i learned a lot as well because i didn't know much about recruitment especially um after working in it for nearly 10 years yeah i didn't know much about recruitment and then i gained my nvq qualification as well so as well as getting paid to the company uh, for doing that the yeah. course i gained my knowledge as well as a uh, also uh, the the qualification yeah, also like any of our staff you know if they've been with us for three years they've gone half a social level three they can do it before that as well um i oh, know sorry any british person can have it from the get-go but anybody that's overseas if you've been here for three years um, then we could put the money but if it's less than three years they can do it but they would have to pay the full amount to do it mm-hmm. um, so we do do apprenticeships which is brilliant and um, it's something that I enjoy doing because when we look for certain jobs like if we're looking for a content creator or um, you know half a social care worker or recruiter HR yeah. we've got we've got the tools already set there mm. another thing we've done was a license do you want to talk about that? yeah absolutely so like I said um I gained my qualifications in recruitment. Uh, I did my NVQ. With my NVQ, I got a free membership uh, from a regulator, recruitment regulator, uh, for a whole year. So that's that's for a whole year. After that, we, we're paying anyway. But we got a corporate membership with them as well. Yeah, that was intense because you have to do compliance tests mm-hmm. and everything with them. But yeah. they give you access to what, like all the legal stuff, um, all the paper processes and, and the information you need. So, um, and... You can do training and stuff as well. Uh, other yeah. licenses is like a um, CIPD um, and anything that we need to regulate properly because, you know, at the 
beginning stages, you've got to see, is it worth paying for this or not? Yeah. It is an expense. You're probably paying like a hundred and something pound a month. Mm-hmm. And if you pay for like five or six licenses, do you need them all? But you've got to decide, do you want to look more professional and get the backup without paying like for a full staff member that or yeah. not? And if you think, yeah, you pay for it, you might be paying that for a while. Mm. Uh, so you need to decide, is this money that you want to spend or not on it? And is it worth it? Because you might think yeah. it's not worth it. You don't need to be regulated with them, but you can be if you want. Yeah. And also uh, another thing that we are regulated by is the ICO, yes. Information Commissioner's Office, because we handle a lot of information, yeah. um, our, our own personal details, our staff uh, personal details and stuff. So we've got to be careful with the, with the way we handle information. Yeah. And data, so that's it's all very protected. Cheap, that one is so that's yeah. like thirty-five quid to sign off yearly for that. But that's something you need if you've got computers and data. You have to do yeah. it. So yeah. it's something that you can't avoid. Um, cooperation tax. Now we have so obviously you've got to pay cooperation tax on your thing, but we don't do that because we're not that small. <laughs> There's so much information in our things that they are accountant. We we did get an accountant. So there's two things we could have done: hire our own accountant, which would have cost a bomb. Have an accountant that does all of our payroll, VAT, cooperation tax, everything, or just hire them to do certain things. And we just hire them at this moment to do a cooperation tax because me and you took on the majority of it with our VAT and our payroll. And hopefully, we're yeah, doing it right. We too. do our own VAT submissions yeah. uh, every three months, every quarter. Yeah, um, so we save all the receipts and everything. Yeah. Um, we split it down. We're getting better. The first year, we, we did a lot of mix of personal and Everything is just all messy, but we're starting to get more tidier now and separating our direct debit, separating our personal. And we're in like year three, so the next one in April, we're going to be even more tidier. Mm-hmm. So, but don't be too tidy, uh, but just mm-hmm. be tidy enough to make sure you know what's going on so that if you need to do a refund or anything, you can, or if you need to, it's best to have a receipt to upload with your VAT submission so that it makes sense. You have to make sure your accounting system, like your software, is synced up with your HMR system that is very important yeah. otherwise it won't go through even your payroll you need to make sure it's all synced together and that's something you have to do yourself and if you don't know how to do it you can ring up their customer service of that payroll thing and they can help you all HMRC itself yeah they are very helpful actually on the phone as well and um, tax is all digital now yeah. MTD makes tax digital so our accounting software is uh, linked with the HMRC uh, system as that's well it. so all the VAT submissions are done online every quarter, so we, we uh, receive uh, invoices, bills and everything and do the VAT uh, ourselves and then submit it uh, before the, usually on the, on the deadline. <laughs> before we used to be good at doing it, we used to do it before the deadline, but now we do it on the deadline because yeah. for us, what worked better is we got six weeks to do it. When we started at the beginning of the six weeks, we were taking the whole six weeks to do it. So now... Because we're spending too much time, we're spending six weeks on it. We're doing the last three days or last two days to spend less time on it and just bang it out. And that works better for us. Yes, we are on the dot, but we're on the dot with it. So I'd rather do that than spend six weeks on it and we can't get any other work done. So we learned our lesson. So if you are that registered or something, just do it on the last three days. Just take a couple of days out each quarter, or you might do a hot, um, yearly or it depends on what you choose we chose quarterly because to do yearly would have been mm. intense so make sure you leave the time that you think you need it but if you're very good and organized do, and you can do it in three days the beginning go ahead do it or if you're even more organized do it as you go which would have been great if we'd done it as we went when we got receipt but that's yeah, too I would, I would suggest if you are new to the software and new to business 
Let's start the process, start the VAT submission process a bit early enough. Yeah. Don't do it on the last day or the last few days because it took us about a week or so to understand the software, yes. what you need to tick and untick when you submit uh, uh, VAT, right? It took some time. But now we know exactly what yeah. to do. We, we do it within the last day or two. Yeah, don't do it the last day. It's the beginning yeah, of the If you're new, yeah, to, uh, leave, leave yourself a few days. And watch some YouTube videos on it. There are some people out there giving free yeah. advice on it for the package that you use. Yeah. Another thing that we registered to was if you've got an employee, employees, you need to be registered to pension. Now, I did register to pension about a year and a half ago, but I'm not very... It's very complicated. Yeah. The pension regulator is the official site thing but you choose your own pension contributing and you have to contribute to the sal uh, contribute a certain amount very very complicated for me still um still learning because it's very mind-boggling uh, but hopefully we can um, get that up and running so definitely sort out the pension regardless if you have no staff from the get-go at all just sign up to it so it's something that when you do get staff you don't need to worry about it and it's you go up to three months to assess them anyway but after six weeks, you need to make sure that um, you need to decide if they are. Yeah, even if you don't have any other staff, you might treat yourself as staff. You might get a salary, yeah. a wage from uh, from your company. Yeah. Uh, so in that case, you might want to sign yourself up for a pension as well. That's it. Yeah, if you want to, um, as a director, if you've got a contract, um, if there's a certain rules around it. If you've got a contract, you need to put yourself in the pension if you haven't or there's two of you that haven't got contracts or anything like that you don't need to so check the rules for you as a director of the company but yeah pensions one that's very mind-boggling a lot of it still is with us like we're still learning every day like because we don't have the time now to sit there and read through it all not it's i'm not I'm just a reader i like to visually do it mm -hmm. if i do it then i can get it yeah and i don't have time to watch youtube videos on how to do it or do stuff so we try our best to learn it and to get time together to sit down so there's two of us so we learnt a lot i know people might hire a pension administrator hire an accountant but i don't want to spend that money as a new business yeah. at the moment yeah and then as soon as we started uh, recruiting um, other people to work through our company um we registered for paye as yeah. well pay as you earn that's uh, it account with hmrc and because you need that obviously because we have we pay us our stuff every week when you do the paye as well yeah you get if you're a new a small company register to make sure you get the five thousand pound right um towards your national insurance contributions because that would knock it down that knocks down a lot for us when we first started we never used to pay no national insurance contributions because as a small business we're paying out so much but they give you up to five thousand pound and um like this year we ran out it hurt us this year because we ran out of it quite quickly but then it also showed us we're getting more staff we're mm. working but yeah. then next year i'm hoping we're eligible for it as well they might not we might not be eligible for it but if they think we'll meet the criteria they will give it to us and you can do that through your payroll software right you apply okay. for it through your payroll software so that is something you definitely need to do mm -hmm. okay that's a good tip yeah um that's, that's so easy if you can do it through the Software yeah, as well, um, I never knew about it until I rang up the customer service for me. I said, do you know you can get this? I said, I don't know what that is. And they told me all about it. And they just all they did was tick one little box. And he made me, and I was lucky, uh, made me like um, compliant with it all. And I got the money straight away. So we was very lucky. We've done mm. it from the get go. So that's one thing that 
there's a lot of things out there that we don't know about like our accountant told us as well when we were about registered do you know you could have got one percent off your first one i'm like no i didn't know that mm. but it's too late now yeah. so there's lots of tricks out there but no one tells you these things yeah so it's, it's best if you can get this uh, information and these little tips from an actual experienced uh, accountant yeah, have to give it to but you. yeah 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 so that's what i'm saying like you know there's so much that they can they will give you as well unless you're paying them so if you're a small business uh, it's good to get as much information as possible from anybody yeah. people who are running businesses already or uh, people who are in accounting um, and people who have experience in all these uh, um, the particular uh, sector that you're running the business in so networking is really really important so I think we should stop here because we could talk about direct debit bills or setting up of our um, other stuff, but I think that's a different conversation. But these are the most important things. Company house, um, if you want to be VAT registered, if you want to have an apprenticeship levy, if you want to sort out your payroll, your bank account, if you want it as a private bank or a limited company, find out what, what you are. When you register the business, make sure you know what kind of, um, what you want to set it up as. There's yeah. three, I think, altogether. Yeah, so it could be a sole trader, if yeah. you're the only person who's going to run the, like, if you're like a plumber or electrician or something yeah. like that, sole trader. It could be a partnership, right? Yeah. If you're working, if you're partnering up with other people or other companies and stuff, or a limited company. Yeah, we opted for the limited company because read, read yeah. about each one to mm -hmm. make sure you know which one you want to do. A limited company might not be for you, but it was for us. Yeah. And at this moment, we're still happy with that decision, but we might set up another company that isn't, but um, yeah, just see which one it is. Yeah. Limited company doesn't mean that you are the only owner. You no. can like, in our, our case, like we are the two directors and we, you can have as many directors as you want. And you can have a company as a, a one of the directors as well in a private limited, reason, private com a limited company, sorry. The reason why we went for that is because it's no entity to ourselves so that like, if God forbid something happened to me, they won't come for our possessions as well. Yeah. But they will go for everything that is owned by that business. So if we've got a company car, and the company goes bust or something, they will take it back off that if we've got houses, anything that would be in there. So it's a big risk, but we are not looking to shut down our business regardless yeah. of what happens. So it gives us more motivation to make sure it does work mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, and there are also, there are other perks of having a limited company as well, especially when you start doing properties and yeah. stuff as well. That we'll talk about in the future. Yeah, right? we're still a new business, so yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, sort out any licenses if you want them, make sure you set up for your corporation tax, uh, make sure you set up for your pension regardless if you use it um, and make sure everything's synced together with your accounting software yeah. um, so I hope this has helped just to give you an idea of certain things that you need to do on your tick list this is for our recruitment industry if you're going to other areas like you might need other licenses but we're not going to discuss that because it's got nothing to do with that Yeah. and I think we'll do another part on this on the second bit of stuff that you need yeah what do you think yeah yeah absolutely um, so yeah so um We'll yeah, we'll talk about the next steps the that we took yeah. in the next episode, right? Yeah, for okay. sure. Catch you in the next one then. Okay, yeah. See you later. Bye.